Everyone at Whitman has a story to tell, how they got here and what happened once they did. And every story is different. This is our Whitman, my story. Hello, I'm Marielle Amador. I'm a sophomore at Whitman College. I'm majoring in Hispanic studies. I first heard about Whitman because a teacher of mine was an alumni from here and she showed me the catalog. I remember telling her, I don't know if I would fit in with these people. My dad is uh, an immigrant from Tijuana, Mexico, and um, our family was very uh, poor growing up. We struggled with food instability. Uh, I could never really afford to be in any clubs or sports. And I was struggling so much, not just financially, but with my mental health, that there was a point in junior year where I just thought, that's it, I'm gonna drop out of high school. There's, there's no way I'll make it to college. And then senior year, when it came time for applying, my parents told me over and over again, only community college, dream smaller, we can't afford that, you can't do this, it has to be, has to be somewhere where you can stay at home. Um, and I thought, well, let me just try, L let me just apply, you know, I, I wanted so badly to leave my circumstances. So I applied to a couple of nicer schools, um, mostly in-state, a few out-of-state, and I thought, we'll just wait and see what the, the offers look like. And I had talked about in my application essay what it was like to be multiracial, to have mental health issues, and how I never really knew what my place was and, you know, how I wish one day I would find it. And I thought it would be so cool if maybe I could find that in college. I first had a phone call with a pretty prestigious school in Seattle. Uh, I asked the admissions person, you know, how am I going to feel on campus as a working class student? And I'll never forget that he told me, oh, we don't talk about money here. Like, it's not something you'll notice. No one talks about how much money they have or what their situation is like. And I remember thinking, that must be really nice. That is never going to be my reality. And I knew right away it wasn't going to work at that school. And then a few weeks later, I hear back from Whitman. I, they were letting me know about a summer program. It was called the Summer Fly-In. And it was specifically uh, for the affiliate group of first generation to go to college and working class students at Whitman. And I remember feeling this deep, deep imposter syndrome. This, how, how am I going to make it there? This is some sort of mistake. I, I wasn't supposed to be here. And then I went to the fly-in program. And the first thing they talked about on day one was imposter syndrome. And it was a safe space in a community where we could talk about what it was like and where we could kind of validate each other that we did have worth and we, we had so much to contribute even if our stories looked different. And that's when I thought, wow, this is the first time in my life where I have felt like I don't need to fit a certain box. It was okay for me to look the way that I look, be the way that I am. And it was the first time I wasn't embarrassed of where I came from 
or what my story was, where I felt like people really saw me for me and saw the strength in what I had been through. So my experience at Whitman being FPWC, once we got to campus and things, I really had to learn to advocate for myself. But I was still struggling with feeling like I didn't belong and having these issues I just didn't know I could even ask for help about. And then the second semester, I reached out to um, something called the GAC. The GAC stands for the Glover Alston Center, a facility for Whitman's multicultural community. And I found out about our food pantry and that they had professional clothing that I could borrow um, and sometimes just have for things like interviews because I, I just didn't have nice clothes like that. And, you know, teachers didn't, you know, they had no reason to assume that I would would struggle financially with textbooks and things like that. But as soon as I started telling them, I was met with so much understanding and, and support. And if I ever needed anything, I started going to the Academic Resource Center. I started going to the, um, the Dean of Students. And I also started seeing one of the free counselors here. And they're so good at their job. They're so, um, they're so great. Yeah, I started to really, really find my place. After I, w I went from thinking, oh gosh, should I transfer? Am I in the wrong place? Were my parents right? Should I be at community college? To being a tour guide, <laughs> telling other people why they should come. Only about a year in, I'm so happy. I'm so comfortable. I have, I've found my things, my people. I started showing symptoms of OCD um, when I was about eight, you know, I grew up in a culture of don't talk about that. That's not real. You don't need help. You're fine. And I always thought that when I struggled, it was because I wasn't trying hard enough. So when I would struggle in school, and part of why I thought I was going to have to drop out is I just couldn't function. My, my OCD was just debilitating. I, I spent every day struggling with compulsions and, and crying, and I had so many absences. I just couldn't do it anymore. Finally, I, I found a few teachers who believed in me and who said, hey, I think you just need help. And... I got an accommodations plan that I still have at Whitman and that I utilize every semester. And I started seeing somebody. I saw. I started seeing a therapist. And then more recently, I started seeing a psychiatrist. Um, and I just couldn't afford that kind of... I could have never afforded that treatment, which is why for so long I went untreated. We just couldn't afford it. Um, and so I told... I talked to the dean of students... And I told them, hey, this is a medical condition I have. It's no different than needing a pair of glasses. Like, please, will you help me? And they agreed. And I was so proud of myself and so grateful to the school. And my parents were so shocked that I made it work somehow. And I felt, and every professor I've had has been so understanding. I'm a declared Hispanic Studies major, 
and I am considering getting a minor in philosophy. Given the impact that teachers had on my life as someone who was so close to slipping through the cracks like so many others and seeing so many of my high school friends um, not achieve their goals because, you know, no one believed in them or there's just not enough resources, I... I know that I want to get my master's in education after this, and I know that I want to be a teacher and focus on helping um, Hispanic students on realize their, realizing their potential and overcoming the, the financial hardships that so many of us have and really showing them that higher education is possible for all of us and that they're capable of so much. My experience at Whitman has been night and day from my experience um, Honestly, the whole rest of my life, when telling people about my my background, um, when telling people about all the financial troubles that I had to worry about at such a young age and how that affected my life, um, it seems like at Whitman, people are really ready to have those conversations. And I'm often met with a lot of understanding and curiosity Like, people know that this is something very different from their life. They know that they've never really been exposed to something like that. They don't know, they don't have any idea what it's like. And there's this really admirable willingness to just listen and and be supportive. And it's funny to think that it used to be something, and sometimes it is something so embarrassing, depending on who I'm talking to, because here it's such a strength. It's something that people are so... You know, they say, I, I got here and I didn't have to worry about any of that stuff. And look how far you've come. Look how much you've done. And when I talk about mental health, which, again, is something that is not accepted everywhere and is not easy to talk about for a lot of people. But at Whitman, it's like, oh, yeah, of course. It's how can I help you? How could I be accommodating? So I've had a few classes at Whitman that I took for distribution credits and I wouldn't have otherwise really considered. Um, I think most notably uh, I took uh, Islamic traditions and an intro to to statistics class that I'm in right now. And I've thoroughly enjoyed both. Intro to stats, you know, I am not a math person. (laughs) So I took this class for my credits, and I thought, boy, I hope it's not too hard. My professor, Matt Peterson, he makes class so fun and so accessible to all the different levels of math experience that we all have. And I remember he said, like, a week ago, he's like, oh, no one's been coming to my office hours. And I'm there, like, he's there like four times a week or something. And he said, oh, so I bought candy. And if you want to come by just for candy, you know, you can. And, and in a few weeks, I'm going to go get new candy. <laughs> and he would grade us very generously and and not not let our mistakes affect our grade on the daily assignments that we were given, but he would be very thorough in explaining what we, what we, where we went wrong and what we could do differently next time, which was just the best way for me to learn. And 
I did, in fact, go to his office hours for candy a week later, <laughs> and um, he asked me, would you like to talk about math, or are you just here for candy? And I told him, like, I'm just here for candy this time, but maybe next time <laughs> we can talk about math. I'm Arielle, and this has been R. Whitman, My Story. There are more episodes of R. Whitman, My Story available right now wherever you get your podcasts. For more information, go to whitman.edu stories. Music for this episode provided by the band Chastity Belt. The band formed in 2010 when its members were students at Whitman College, and they're still going strong today.